Welcome to the LBC Sermon Podcast. This podcast is recorded live at Love Beyond Church in Harveston, Johannesburg, every Sunday at 9am, and may include the sounds of God's creation and our scenic environment. Join us as we press into the heart of God and His will for our lives. Welcome. today is on the storms of life and I'm sure all of you sitting here this morning can testify to the fact that we have all in some way or the other encountered storms in our life. I'm sure we all have had to deal with storms and who knows why storms come but they come and there are many reasons for storms coming but today we're just going to actually talk about storms of life and be, and be encouraged in the fact that storms of life are often very seen as a negative thing. But storms are not necessarily negative. Storms can actually be a very positive thing in our lives. Amen. So I'm going to read from Luke 8 from verse 22. So one day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped. That's a, a huge storm came up. So that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Now, some very interesting facts about this. You know, we sometimes think that, oh, you know, there they were on the Sea of Galilee, uh, floating along, and, you know, a little storm came up, and it rocked the boat, and they were a little bit, oh, you know, oh dear, we might drown. Well, some interesting facts, you know, that first of all, the, these disciples were fishermen. They were experienced fishermen. They knew about the sea. They knew about what could happen in terms of weather patterns. And they would never have climbed on that boat if they knew there was going to be a storm. Does that sound familiar? I mean, let's be honest, in our lives, there's many things we wouldn't do if we knew there was going to be a storm. And um, anyway, so they climbed on the boat and... You know, the Sea of Galilee is 21 kilometers long and 13 kilometers wide. And it's also in a very, it's in a valley area. So what actually happens is you have the fact that there's a hill and it's 207 meters below sea level. I'm telling these facts because it's quite interesting for me. <laughs> Maybe not so much for you. But anyway, um, but it, so from that perspective, you have the hills and you have the fact that they're 207 meters below sea level. And what happens is that you have a where the warm, warm air comes up from the sea and the cold air comes rushing down from the mountains. And what that does is that comes and collides, they collide together, and it can happen suddenly. I mean, it just happens like that. 
and there's a raging, raging storm on the Sea of Galilee. So, I mean, they were in a, they were in a ferocious, ferocious storm. And, you know, one moment they were sailing along happily, and next minute the gale whips up. And, I mean, let's be honest, how often is that a situation in our own lives? You know, we, we, we're moving along, everything's going great, you know, and it just takes that one phone call. You know, hi, you've got cancer. It just takes that one phone call and, um, you know, you've been retrenched. It takes, so what I'm really trying to say is that, you know, life and happens, storms happen. And now we have the disciples, they're in the boat with Jesus. I mean, Jesus is actually sleeping. Look, I mean, Jesus was exhausted. He'd been ministering all over the place. People were pulling from him. You know, he was teaching. I mean, he was really, really exhausted. That's why he fell asleep in the back of the boat. Because there were so many demands on Jesus to teach, to heal, to show compassion and loving kindness of every person he met. But, you know, this was actually lost on the disciples. Because the moment the storm came, what happened to them? They went into fear. And they jumped up and said, Master, Master, we're going to drown. And let me put it to you, this is very much what we like. The moment a storm comes, the first thing we do is like, the tendency is to go into fear. Is to actually say, well, Lord, you know, what's going on? We, we kind of default to fear. And that's what the disciples did. I mean, they ran to him saying, Master, Master, we're going, we're going to drown. I mean, but having looked at that a little bit more closely... What the Holy Spirit showed me was this, is very often in life, okay, when we find ourselves in a storm, when we find ourselves facing something that we have no understanding of why it happened. Now we're going along, we do a business deal, we think we've got everything together, and our partner does a sin, or something goes south, or suddenly we get a bad doctor's report, or suddenly we get divorced. And we had no idea. We didn't even see it coming. So now, that's exactly what happened to the the disciples. They didn't see the storm coming. And they were very fearful. But what encouraged me in that was, and the Holy Spirit showed it to me, they did not jump out of the boat. They didn't start swimming away from the boat where Jesus was. They actually ran to Jesus. And I'm saying that what we need to do when we are faced with the challenges of life, when we are in a storm, and believe me, brothers and sisters, we will face storms. This is reality. We don't want to hear that, but storms will come. But the choice is how we are going to deal with those storms. And the way we deal with those storms is to realize that we don't run away from Jesus. We run to Him. And when we run to Jesus, we allow Him to be able to deal with the situation that we are facing. I mean, because there are times in our lives when we feel at the mercy of the storm. When we feel as if our lives are chaotic in the buffering ocean. Am I the only one that's ever felt that? You know, whatever it is, a financial crisis, bereavement, a breakdown of a relationship, and we pray. I mean, I don't know if any of you have ever felt that, where you feel that you've been praying, and you've been praying, and you've been praying, and you've been praying. But Jesus, are you asleep? Why aren't you hearing me? Why aren't you hearing me? 
and we sort of feel no matter how loud we shout, Jesus, you're asleep. But my encouragement to you today is that Jesus is never asleep. He never sleeps and he never slumbers. Jesus is in our boat and because he's in our boat, we are going to the other side. So no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, I can tell you this, I can testify to this in my own life, that Jesus will take you to the other side, provided you don't get out of the boat. That's, and that's a tendency that we tend to have. We tend to want to run away from Jesus. And, and that's not what God says. He says, no, when you, when you face these situations, when suddenly all hell breaks loose in your life, when everything seems to be crumbling around you, when you seem to be on your, low, on your own and no one seems to understand what you're going through, Jesus does. And that's why we need to run to him. Because he is the one that will see us through. He is the word. He is the God who delivers. Amen. I mean, that is just, that is just so powerful. You know, because instead of stopping to pray, we should pray more. We should pray more persistently. We should pray longer. We should continue to pray, continue to pray, continue to pray. Because it's in that, that God hears our prayers and He answers them. And you know what, maybe it's not exactly in our time. Maybe it's not exactly in the way we expect Him to answer it. But God does one thing and one thing only. He works all things to the good for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So we need to keep calling on the Lord in our most difficult times. Because in our persistence, it shows that we believe that the Lord does hear us. And will rebuke the storms. And the chaos of our lives will be still. I mean the disciples were desperate. I mean they were in danger. They, 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 they felt desperate. And I can tell you. Uh, there's been times in my life when I felt desperate. I can tell you there's been times when I've faced stuff. And I've been lying in bed. And I've not been able to go to sleep. And my heart's just been pounding like this. And I've been shouting. Lord but where are you? And the only thing I could do was pray. And you know what? When I couldn't pray with words, I prayed in the Spirit. And that's why let me encourage you today. If you don't know what to pray and you don't know how to pray in the Spirit, please come and speak to us. Let us, let us, let us pray for you to be enfolded and for the gift of speaking in tongues. Because when you pray in the Spirit, you pray the perfect will of God. Amen. And you know, when the disciples were crying out and their lives were in danger, they thought they would perish. Their faith was weak. And let me encourage you, brother, when you're, when you're feeling weak, when you feel that there's, you can't carry on, let me encourage you with this. He says, my grace is sufficient. When you're weak, I am strong. And we've got to realize that we don't have to be strong. We don't have to be strong. We have a God who is strong. So we need to get away from thinking we can do things in our own strength and do things in His strength. Because in Him, we live, move, and have our being. So their faith was weak, but in their weakness they called out to Jesus and he heard them and rescued them. And so it's with us. In the weakness of our faith, and I don't know about you, but there's times when I felt so weak, man. I felt, and that's why we need brothers in Christ. That's why we need brothers who can come around you and encourage you and pray for you and exhort you. Because there are times when you don't know what to pray. When you can't even, when you think that you can't even, you, you feel numb, you feel confused, you feel that your head, you, you can't even get your head to form words. If you, you understand what I'm saying? Has anybody been there? Amen. 
And when you're sitting there and you're just thinking, what? Your faith is weak. In the chaos of our lives, in the midst of our anxieties and fear, we too can call out to Christ in confidence. And we can know this, that He will hear us. He will hear us. And He will meet us in the storms of our life. You know, I just, I'll just share this. Um, I wasn't going to, but now the Holy Spirit has told me to. But I remember when our daughter, and Rose won't have a problem with me sharing it, but we're talking about storms of life. And anyone that knows me knows that I, I'm an avid gymmer. <laughs> I've uh, always been. And um, anyway, we were at gym, and I was training with somebody at gym. It was a normal day, a normal process in my life. I finished training. Um, I actually took Rose with to the gym, and she got a pair of those heelys. Do you remember those heelys? They had the wheels on where they could, the kids used to heely around, and it was pretty cool. My wife didn't want her to have a pair, but I unfortunately convinced her otherwise, and... Um, she, she got a pair of heelys. And I must tell you, Rose was very good in those heelys, man. She could fly around in circles and do things. She was only five years old. Am I right? Five? She was five years old. Anyway, so I went to gym, finished gym. I was sitting in the coffee shop. I was waiting for um, um, the guy that I was training with to finish. And as I was sitting there, I just heard this almighty scream. Hey, come here! Come here! And there was one of the personal trainers came running, and he was carrying Rose. He was carrying Rose, and, and, and I said, what's going on? He, he said, no, well, the granite table. So what happened is the guy that took over the gym didn't secure the granite table, you know, the, the round granite tables. He hadn't secured the legs properly. And she was healing, and she grabbed this, and it came down. And as a result, it crushed her hand. I mean, ripped through the three fingers, and then she tore. This finger was just hanging on skin. It was just on a piece of, of skin. Anyway, I just grabbed her, took my t-shirt off, wrapped it around her, and one of the guys there was um, an ex-paramedic, and he drove us through to the Olive, not Olivedale, yes, the Olivedale Hospital. I mean, it was in peak hour traffic. I, thought, I said to him, could you slow down? Because I'd actually like to get there alive. Anyway, so we got there, into the emergency room. I'm sitting there, I'm praying, in the, I mean, I'm, I'm like a crazy man, praying in the spirit, I'm just... I'm carrying on the guy's eyes are like this. And um, one of the nurses, one, one of the emergency doctors says to one of the other nurses, he says, can't hold your tongue. Okay. She says, no, no, can't hold your tongue. Because they were just going to cut the finger off because it was just the skin. Man, did the, did the did righteous anger rise up in me? I said, you will not do that. I mean, I just said, I just started rebuking. I was like, I mean, they wanted to give me an injection to calm me down. I was just praying in the spirit. I was running around like, anyway, my poor wife arrives and they said, your husband's having a breakdown. She said, no, he's not having a breakdown. He's taking authority. Praise God. Anyway, and I said, and then the Spirit said to me that she mustn't be touched or operated at this, at the Olivedale Hospital. I said, I don't, none of you guys are going to touch her here. Anyway, after the big story, they put her in an ambulance and they took her through to the Rosebank Clinic. Mandy traveled in the ambulance with her. I rushed through. And she was then, and how good is God? Because the guy that was there was one of the top hand specialists, Michael, uh, Dr. Michael Karides. Vascular hand surgeon. And that's what, exactly what she needed. Anyway, so they rushed into theater. After five hours, he came out and he said, um, Daddy, Mommy, um, I, I've got 
bad news for you. I said, no, I don't hear bad news. He said, no, I've got bad news for you. We're not going to be able to save that finger. I said, well, um, my God says that it'll be okay. Go back in. He says, well, we'll go back and try. So he goes back in and they were in for another couple of hours, came out and he says, well, I managed to save the finger. We found a little vein, so now there's blood flowing, so we managed to save, the, the, at this point, the finger saved. Anyway, so, comes out of theatre, a day later we decide to go home. Well, we don't decide to go home, they say you can go home, there's no point in actually staying in, in, in the hospital. So we take Rose home, and I get a phone call from Andy, because I mean, I haven't been working for a couple of days now, so I'm running around doing business and that kind of stuff. She says, Eric, you've got to get you. The finger's gone purple. Uh, anyway, I rush home. I look at the finger and I said to Andy, look, God hasn't taken it this far, right, for him not to heal the finger. This is a testimony. This is, God will not do this. But let's take her back to uh, Michael Carides and let's see what he has to say. So anyway, we rush him back. Uh, he, puts, he puts her in a room. Um, he then calls me out of the room. He says, Daddy, um, I'm afraid that we get, let's give it a day or two, but we're going to cut the finger off. I said, and he, I mean, he must have, he actually thought I was mad because he wasn't, he wasn't a boarding man either. But I said, no, no, that's fine. My God will heal the finger. And he just looked at me and he like shook his head, you know, just like, yeah. He was just patronizing. And off he went. So anyway, that night, um, we were in the same room as, well, we, we managed to stay over with Rose. I think. Yeah, so anyway, so she was lying there, and he was going to come back and actually have a look and say, well, okay, now this is when we're going to cut the finger off. Right, so I go to sleep. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding comes comes over me. I mean, it was just the most amazing thing. I mean, I don't think I've ever slept like that again. I just actually lay down that night and I went to sleep. I just passed out went to sleep. Mandy obviously stayed next to Rose, and I woke up that morning, she says, so I wake up, I said, well, sweetie, how's Rose? She said, well, come and have a look. So I, I walk around and I walk up to where Rose is lying and Mandy's sitting and she takes her hand like this and shows me the hand and the finger is pink. The, the finger's pink. That means that it's healed and the blood's flowing through it. Praise God. So anyway, now, now poor Michael Carides arrives there. I mean, he's still in the same clothes that he had on the day before. He's unsheveled. He's like distraught that he's now going to have to come and tell me that he's going to have to cut this finger off. Anyway, so he arrives and Mandy says to him, Doctor, come and have a look. So he comes in and he has a look, he starts crying. He starts, he's in, he said, I've never seen this. It's the first time I've seen this, in, he said, in the 21 years at that time that I've been doing this kind of surgery, I've never seen this before. And they called it the miracle finger. So what I'm trying to say is, in that situation, a storm hits us. And I had a choice in that storm. I could have gone into a mode where I moved away from trusting God and what God's Word said, or I could have pressed into what God's Word said, stood in faith, walked in faith, and actually trusted that God would be and do what He said He would do according to His Word. And that's what the encouragement is. Don't jump out of the boat. Don't try and get away from Him. Run to Him. No matter how hurt you've been, no matter how disappointed you've been, no matter how many people have let you down, no matter what you're going through, run to Jesus. He will never, ever ever let you down. Amen. You know, I love the words of God in Isaiah 43, and they're so beautiful. 
This is his promise to us. He says, do not be afraid, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And this is it. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. There is a promise from God in Isaiah 43. You will not drown. Whatever you're going through, rivers of difficulty, and believe me, in life we go through rivers of difficulty, don't we? But we have been others that we will not drown. Hallelujah. And I just want to just sum this up with um, four things quickly that, oh, sticking at the time, okay, but I'll, I'll go through this as, as quickly as, as, as the Holy Spirit enables me to. But in closing, I just want to look at the following four things we experience and learn from a storm in our lives. The first thing that we're going to learn is that storms are a test. In Romans 10, 17, it tells us that the hearing of God's word is intended to produce faith. So when we go through a storm, that is when our faith is tested. And that is when our faith is grown. And faith must always be tested. You know, it's one thing learning a lesson or to be taught something. I mean, you know, you can sit here and you can have a lesson. Oh, you know, this is what you need to do and this is what faith is and that type of stuff. But... We must be able to apply that lesson by faith. So only the reason, only way we're going to be able to apply what we've learned by faith or apply the Word of God is when we actually have to use the Word of God in our lives. Amen. I mean, if you just have to walk around going, hallelujah, 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 blessed coming in, blessed going out, we're not really going to build faith because faith, is, is a, faith needs to be exercised. So storms are the tests and opportunities to demonstrate our trust in God. Then point two, storms can happen suddenly. You know, we don't plan them. Storms can happen suddenly. A fierce and violent storm can happen suddenly in our lives. One moment, you're doing fine, and the next moment, the bottom falls out. Man, oh man, haven't we all experienced that? One phone call, and you find yourself in the middle of a storm. One doctor's visit, and you're in a storm. One conversation with someone, and you're in a storm. Storms are a reality of life. But, but, there is a greater reality, and that is Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm going to say that again. There's a greater reality, and that is Jesus. What happens is not the truth. You see, when we get to understand that what we're going through is not the truth, what people say about you is not the truth, what the Word of God says about you is the truth. So what the Word of God says about our storms in life is the truth. So when we go through sickness, we don't, we don't, we don't need to trust the doctor's report. What we need to go is we say we have a higher authority, and that higher authority says that what? It says that God is my healer. Jesus is my healer. By his stripes, we were healed. We need to claim that. When we go through financial difficulty, what can we say? That he'll literally supply every need. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. When we go through fear, we need to say this. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and of sound mind. So what I'm saying is the reality is not the circumstances. The reality is not what we see. The reality is the truth of what the Word of God says. And that's what we need to apply in our lives. That's what we need to call in from the spiritual into the natural. Can I hear an amen? amen? So whatever we face, 
Whatever we face, we have Jesus in our boat in the midst of what we're going through. But one thing we will know for certain, hallelujah, and this is what the Holy Spirit just like that in my heart so strong. He said, one thing we'll know for certain is that we are going to the other side. So whatever you're going through, remember this, you're going through to the other side. So if you're going through lack, if you're going through hardships now, believe me, you will get through. And you will go through to the other side. You know, like, although I go through the valley of the shadow of death, you go through the valley of the shadow of death. You don't pitch a tent in the valley of the shadow of death. And that's what we've got to stop doing. We've got to realize with Christ we can walk through anything because He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we could ever hope, think, or imagine. Amen. So, the third point is storms can cause you to doubt God. Oh, man. Storms can cause us to doubt God. See, a storm is going to be used by Jesus to teach us some incredible things about himself, about him, and ourselves. And you know what? Sometimes that's what we need a storm for. Because we need to really know who we are and where we are and who our God is. You know, when things are going hunky-dory, when you're flying high, we sometimes forget. We sometimes forget who our God is. But once you go through us, Hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, I just need, that's all I need. For the cello. I mean, he gives me, I mean, he's like, Hallelujah, man. He's the best. He's always on point, Brother Cello. You see, <laughs> a storm can become the real classroom for our spiritual education. You see, it is one thing to learn something about God or ourselves sitting in a church service. It's another thing to learn something about God or ourselves when we lose a loved one, when we are let go at work, when we can't afford our bills anymore, when our health fails, or when our marriage falls apart. Some lessons are only learnt in the middle of the storm. I'm saying that again. Some lessons are only learnt in the middle of the storm. And this is it. In all of us, do we turn to God or away from God? Do we continue to cry out to God, continually pray and declare His word? Or do we in these situations just jump out of the boat? You see, in our natural, in the natural, in these situations, our natural instinct is to doubt God and question and shout out like, a, like they did, Where are you, Lord? Where are you, Lord? We need to keep our focus on Him, and He will take us to the other side. And in closing, the fourth point, and this is a, such an important point, that storms teach us about ourselves. See, the temptation slash default setting is that when we become afraid, is that we question His love. And concern for us. Oh, does he know? God doesn't love me. Oh, wow. you know, I mean, it's a natural thing. That's okay. You know I mean, also, we mustn't be hard on ourselves. What I'm trying to say is, God knows. God loves us. 
exceedingly abundantly above what we can ever think. God's love for us will never fail. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. His love for us never changes. Because that's who He is. God is love. However, unfortunately, when we go through stuff, our love for Him changes. And He's saying, see, when, see, when we're in the midst of a storm, we can have a tendency to see God as less than He is. I mean, that's a powerful truth. You know, in the in a storm, you sometimes see God as less than He is. And we doubt His love and care for us. That's exactly what the devil wants us to do. That's his plan. That's his plan. He wants us to do that. He wants us to see our God as small. He wants to see our God as nah, minuscule. Now, who's your God? And that's when you say, I know who my God is. And we start declaring the word of God boldly. You see, our fear can blind us to who Jesus really is. In the storm, we learn something about ourselves. We learn where our faith really is. And you know what? It's okay. But we need to be honest. We need to learn where our faith really is. What, what is our faith really in? Is our faith in our bank balance? Is our faith in, in the world system? Is our faith in the banks? Or, you know, how do I make a plan Yeah. Plan A, plan B. Oh, thank you, Father God, that you will literally supply my every need according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, but just in case. Um, let me see if I can just actually go and get an overdraft on this. Or do. No, and you know what? We've all been there. Yeah. We've all been there. But the truth is this. There's a better way. And that's His way. Amen. So we learn where our faith really is. We also learn that our Heavenly Father loves us unconditionally. And that His grace is sufficient. Amen. We just understand that. His amazing grace. His grace is sufficient. For whatever we're going through, His grace is sufficient. He never leaves us or forsakes us. He will always, He will always take us to the other side. Praise God. And He will take us to the other side. You know what? We will be able to testify as to His overcoming power that works in us. His overcoming power that works in us. I'm going to say it again. His overcoming power. Not your overcoming power. His overcoming power that works in us and through us to His glory. You see, what we're going through is, this is not, this is not new. This is the experience. And I'll, this is in closing. This is the experience of Christians throughout history. I mean, it's not something new that, we, that we're experiencing. Storms of life aren't something new. And if we're honest, this is the experience of so many of us here today. So many of us watching by way of the live feed. So for those of you, I want to encourage you, for those of you that are currently in the storms and the chaos of life, the promises of God hold good for us today. God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He's the same God. He doesn't change. His word is the truth. His word is eternal. His word does not fail. His word works. If we are persistent in prayer, Jesus will meet us. Well, let me rephrase it like this. If we're persistent in prayer, Jesus will meet with us and meet our needs. And like the disciples in this passage, we will be amazed at his authority in our lives.
you know, they were amazed. They said, they asked, who is this? He commands even the winds and the waters and they obey him. I mean, I'm always amazed by that. I mean, they've been walking with Jesus. I'm sure they've seen him do many, many miracles. But they said, what kind of man is this that he even commands the winds and the seas and they obey him? And let me tell you this. That's, the sea is a metaphor for chaos and disorder in your life. And God is saying right now, if you come to me and allow me to rebuke the chaos and disorder in your life, come to me and let me restore the order into your life that needs to be restored in Jesus' name. We are going to the other side. Amen. We have Jesus in our boat. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father God, I just want to thank you, Lord, that as we go into a time of worship, I just want to thank you, Lord, that we can boldly declare that we are going to the other side. So, Father, I just lift up each and every person that's sitting here today, Father, people watching by way of the life feed, whatever chaos, whatever storm they're facing, Father. I thank you, Lord, and we boldly declare that you're in their boat. You are the author and the finisher of their faith and their lives. And I thank you, Father God, that as they boldly declare your word, as they put their trust in you, Lord, that you are taking them to the other side. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.